Kia ora, lightworkers, starseeds and wayshowers. This podcast is a landing pad to help you navigate the density here on the earth plane. Here you will find expansive conversations, transmissions and activations, all with the intention to help you become more soul embodied. Not only is this a podcast, but it has its own energetic grid acting like a vortex, clearing limiting beliefs, blocks and providing crystal clear clarity so you can step into 5D, your leadership and anchor your light more into your body, helping you to create your idea of heaven here on the earth plane. Hosted by me, Akika K, energy healer, channel, voice alchemist, and founder of the Kind Ivy Energy Medicine School. It is by no coincidence that you are here, and I'm blessed to be on this journey with you. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Welcome, welcome to the first official episode of Anchoring Your Light podcast with me, Akika. Um, I just want to say how grateful I am to have this space, how grateful I am to share my story, to be at this point in my journey. And today we are really going to explore the initiation. Um what is the initiation, um, how we know, um, how we know, you know, how we can look back with gratitude to see um, where we are in our ascension process and in our awakening journey. And also, um, I'd really love to offer you a sound transmission from my guides to you guys, just with gratitude, deep love and gratitude. Um, that you made it, that you're awakened um, and you're on this path. So yeah, it's a beautiful place to start and I'm just so keen to just get into this whole podcasting thing and share my light, mirror your light and um, yeah, so, so grateful. Um, So the initiation, the energy initiation. So there are many forms, I believe, of spiritual initiation. The one we're going to be talking about is that first one on awakening that we experience that just helps us to realize that we are more than this physical body, um, that we are more than this kind of consumerist culture of just kind of buying, existing and dying. Um, I truly believe that our souls are infinite light beings fractals from source energy god universe whatever you want to call it um and we are here for service especially if you're listening you are a light uh, worker you are a way shower you are a star seed you are here to serve humanity especially at this really crucial time and this really crucial point in history so in terms of my initiation um, where I kind of had that awareness that I was more than just this physical body and I took my power back. I took control of my body um, and I really took that seat of the I am presence, the presence behind the thoughts, the presence behind the circumstances, the presence behind the situation. So I am 26 years old. Um, I was born in Melbourne. I'm currently living in Aotearoa, the land of the long white cloud, New Zealand, a very activating, energetic, uh, beautiful place. Um, but I'm originally born in Melbourne. I'm the daughter of Halaki and Diana. Uh, my dad is a refugee. 
um, who found solace in Australia. He came to Australia, I think, when he was about 20-something years old um, and created a life for himself after war, um, being a political... Um, being a political activist and being in jail and so a lot of trauma and um yeah an amazing life experience and my mom she is half Jamaican half English European Australian um just an incredible soul who emanates love who emanates this kind of ethereal leo matriarchal energy so i'm really the byproduct of two incredible beings who have um, been through a lot, but also service was always the pillar of their, their journey here on this planet. And I really think I chose these two parents because it helped me to really get the insight into, um, what resonated with me and what mattered and, um, how changing the world is an integral part of why we're here. Um, so yeah, born to these beautiful parents, um, in Melbourne, Australia, growing up. Um, my dad did have a lot of demons to battle um, and there was a lot of kind of family breakdown, domestic violence. Um, and it was, you know, it was a really, really hard situation, but um, I didn't really realize how painful and how deep the wounds were until I left that family dynamic. And I was so lucky to always have my mother and to have my beautiful grandma who just crossed over to the other side um, to hold this, hold this space of unconditional love and just presence and care. So um, there was a lot of density for me growing up. I also experienced a lot of trauma within myself, um, had things done to me at a young age um, that, you know, affect your psyche. And there was a lot that contributed to the, my awakening, my first initiation. So it was about when I was maybe 14 years old, I started to present with symptoms of severe anxiety and depression. Um, I always felt like I really didn't belong, to be honest, on this planet. Uh, I always wanted to, I, I love people. I love people genuinely. I really love people. And I love emitting out a sense of connection and making people feel seen and making feel people feel loved within a space. I really love that. So I found it really hard and emotionally taxing um, to experience density. And by density, I mean hate to experience racism, to experience fear, to experience um, bullying. Oh, it weighed really heavy on my being and I was so sensitive. And I guess what I couldn't understand was like, why can't I just, why do I care so fucking much? That was a really big deal. It's just trying to work out like, why, why does this hurt so bad? And I think that's when I really started um, to realize how much of a toll um, these situations had had on my nervous system and on my being. I started to withdraw at that age. Um, my throat, I felt very closed in my throat, a lot of emotion. When emotion would rise in terms of thinking about being at home in my family situation, I feel I would just push it down as far as I could, down, 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 close the hatchet, never talk about it again, throw away the key. So really at about 14, that's when the key was just like, the door was breaking, the key, that room was just too full of emotions and of pain and it was just like, 
everything came out and a lot of crying, a lot of emotions, depression, um, not wanting to go to school. I hated school really with a passion. Social anxiety started to come out. So really was having panic attacks. I couldn't talk to people. Um, and it kind of just started to magnet, uh, to, to build from 14 onwards. And I remember at this time, obviously this is the time where you're like getting jiggy with it in life. You know, you're like, yeah, I want to drink. Like I want to like, um, you know, getting interested in connecting with the opposite sex or the same sex, whatever orientation that you are. And just like really, um, opening up to this new side of yourself. And I remember drinking for the first time and the first time I got drunk, I literally, I was about 15 years old. Sorry, mom, love you. I think you already know this anyway. First time I got drunk, I just bawled my eyes out. Like like crying and sobbing from my gut. Like bawling, 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 bawling. Um, it was also at this time that my, my dad was suffering from renal failure. Um, and he couldn't find anyone to donate a kidney to him and he was on dialysis. So he was going and having the blood flushed out for him. And it was, he was very, very sick. And my beautiful mother at this time had decided to give him a kidney because even though, you know, he induced a lot of terror on our family, um, she really wanted us to have a dad and she loved him and by, you know, synchronicity may have it, they were compatible to be able to, um, to be able to, for her to be the donor. And it ended up, yeah, it ended up happening. And I don't know why I'm smiling and laughing. You'll get to know this about me sometimes in <laughs> awkward emotional situations. This laughter comes on, but it's all a release, right? Crying and laughter. I believe they're the same things, but that's for another podcast, um, another episode. Um, so yeah, she ended up being the donor and it was during that time where she gave him the kidney. That was when we felt it was the safest time for us to leave my dad. So my mom was in the hospital. My dad was in the hospital. Me and my beautiful angelic grandma, we packed our house. We moved into my grandma's house and that was really a big saving grace for me because, you know, it was a safe environment. I didn't feel worried. I didn't feel scared for our safety. I didn't, um, yeah, be afraid that I was going to be attacked anymore. And yeah, it was a big, a big exhale, really a massive fucking exhale for us. Um, moving into that place. But when we realized when we got to that place that the wounds ran so deep, the wounds ran so deep, the anxiety and the fear. So moved out of our parents' house, living with my beautiful Nana, living in her nurturing space and still dealing with these severe mental health um, issues. So then obviously in terms of the panic attacks and the anxiety, I started smoking weed because that's what you do, you know, to self-medicate and be in social situations and to kind of just be a 15 plus, you know, year old, whatever, and to kind of get on with my life in that way. And that was always, that really led me down not as good of a path and I started to get more anxiety and fall into more dense situations fall into more risk-taking behavior which I believe is really I guess normal as a teenager but for me it was like the pain that I felt nothing could ever touch the pain that I had felt um so whatever happened to me it kind of I was disassociated 
I just felt like, yeah, whatever. It's just adding to this checklist of shit that I feel. And it was very, yeah, very kind of depresso and emotional and end up trying to leave school and end up going to like a TAFE to finish my year 11 and year 12 because school wasn't the right place. And obviously the drug taking spiraled from there. So I went into weed and alcohol as much as I could. I just wanted to numb myself out. Um, and then I started also getting engaged in like taking ecstasy and the party drugs and all the stuff that goes along with that lifestyle, clubbing at like 17 years old, going out, drinking, not remembering anything, just like trying to numb out, trying to numb out. I thought I just can't live in this world. Um, and it really got to the point where I had my first boyfriend and that was really not a good relationship. Um, I was really playing out a lot of trauma. There was a lot of, I always felt like, why is, Why am I in these situations where people treat me like shit? I'm unworthy. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything good. Nothing good will ever happen to me. This is the way it is. I'm weak. I can't look people in the eyes. The social anxiety is just completely amplified until my nervous system was out of control with the panic attacks. And it didn't, it only really took till um where my partner of that time um he ended up saying look I just can't do this and we were also fighting he had a lot of his own issues and that was when I first experienced a severe abandonment wound and I just remember when he said this just feeling in my body and in myself I just thought whoa I am so empty I am so empty. I feel so much pain. I feel so disconnected. Why am I not worthy of love? I can't do this. I can't make it. And it was like all those years of things that I've been through just amplified that feeling that I was constantly feeling of just feeling like this life isn't for me. I'm not enough. I'm in so much pain, I can't go on, nothing's ever going to get better. I had no kind of understanding and awareness of the energy or self-care or self-love. I was just like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm literally a piece of crap. And that is when I proceeded to take a lot of pills and try to kind of end my life. Um, and that was my first breakdown. That was really the first deep breakdown. And I'd been on a few antidepressants, but I was taking a lot of drugs at that time. So yeah, it really was canceling everything out. Um, I'd seen psychologists and I ended up in hospital. I ended up in hospital and I had my drip. I got myself flushed out. My dad, I hadn't spoken to my dad for a very long time. He showed up at the hospital. That was a thing within itself, but it was beautiful that he showed up to be there um, for me and to support me. And I knew that time that I needed help. So I ended up going into a mental health unit where I could get on my feet. Um, and I could just sort of, you know, take this step to getting help because I was just trying to work out like, what is actually wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me? Why do I feel so, 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 so bad? And why do I feel like I just don't, I can't exist here? Like, this is just not the place. So I went in there and, you know, got on a lot of medication. Um, I obviously, I believe, whatever, take what serves you, leave what doesn't, right? So medication is great for some people and it is great to get people when you're at that really low point. 
I'm not a, um, a, a mental health, uh, obviously, um, specialist, but I have had my own experience and I hold a lot of merit to experiencing something myself. And so I went on a lot of like antipsychotics because at that time I was feeling really out of it and thinking like I was kind of in hallucinations and hearing things. And I think it was a contribution of the weed and trauma. Um, so I was put on a lot of those and I thought, great, I'm going to get so much better and things are going to be different. And I remember kind of being in that mental health facility and just like, it's so weird. Like I would go to bed, wake up, smoke a lot of cigarettes and just kind of be like, what is going on? Like, um, obviously there were beautiful angels there, mental health nurses to support us and yeah and they really kind of transitioned me to going back into life and back into the community and at this point I was feeling drugged up and I was feeling not really any better chemistry wise in the brain I guess I was feeling more numb to the pain that I felt and I left that facility and went back out into the community and tried to start my life again and um yeah so I guess the first two weeks I kind of remember things being back on my medication taking my medication in a safe environment at my nana's house and just getting back into the swing of things and it wasn't long till boom I went back into that cycle back into those old patterns of drinking hanging out with the wrong people feeling depressed partying taking drugs risk-taking behavior adding to more trauma that I kind of had piled up and it became a little bit of a cycle from then on I got really unwell again I ended up having to go back in to change my medication and it was kind of like a ping pong effect like it was like boom boom back forth back forth back forth more medication more this more that and um yeah and it just didn't seem to be working like those core beliefs as we know um my beauties we know that the core beliefs will always be there the medication for me was like a short-term thing it kept me going for me personally but I know some people who thrive on this and the medication and it completely changes their life so this is for me um so yeah that was really quite interesting I guess I felt like there was no hope at that point I was like okay great like this is there's no hope really I'll just be doing this my whole life I'm unwell I'm a mentally unwell person and that's it done something wrong with me <laughs> blacklisted bang out of it you know out the gate um as they say here in Kiwiland I love that saying out the out the gate um <laughs> and it wasn't after you know a really long hefty time my mum was really seeing that there was not much improvement um wasn't getting any better and like there was some eating disorder stuff not eating and um started to gain like a lot a lot of weight with this medication um I went from being somebody who was like 65 kilos ultimately to being like the top of the top was like 110 kilos that's been a journey within itself for another podcast episode that is directly related to energy as well something that I will speak about later on but um yeah I just my mum and I had the discussion we were you know seeing specialists at big organizations well renowned organizations and they were just saying oh look it takes time with the medication blah blah and my mum was already really into a lot of holistic things for her own healing she kind of just had this conversation she's like I've been looking at places and I've seen this place in Byron Bay it's a beautiful place that you can go and you can heal it's all holistic I think it was plant-based and 
and yoga, haha, and um, all these other beautiful things. And it's quite expensive, but you know, um, your health is what matters first. And I want to make this decision and I want to put you, I want to give you this start because I believe you deserve it. And I'm so lucky. I know my mum is a complete angel. And um, my parents, obviously my dad and mum went together at that time, but they were all kind of coming together with my nan as well for my healing. And we all decided like, yeah, it will be the best for me to leave Melbourne and to go to Byron Bay and to go to this centre. So there was a lot of feelings like with that, like leaving home. And I remember getting on the plane and just crying. I felt so scared and in so much pain. It's, I'm coming into tears thinking about it. I was just like, what's going on? And it was a six-week program and like getting in the car with this person I didn't know. And I had all this anxiety picking me up and talking to me. And he was like, you know, things are going to be good. And I just always felt divinely, no matter what I went through, I was always divinely held and divinely supported. Um, and it's funny, I could just being on this podcast is quite healing, like talking about this, um, and being honest and open about this. Cause it just reminds me of how, how supported I was always. Um, so I went to this beautiful facility and they really just gave me a new way of being, I guess. Um, so a new diet, all organic. Um, it was very holistic. They took me off my medication, which there was a lot of complications with that as well, because you think if you've been on medication since a long time, you know, um, you know, there's a lot, of, there's going to be a lot of hurdles to come off it. So yeah, that was a beautiful process, a six week process. I read a book for the first time in like five years as a child, I was reading, I was always singing. I was like, woo. I was shining my light as a child, like I could not be tamed or I could not be stopped. And I lost that a lot in my teenage years. So, um, yeah, that was really beautiful in that sense. And yeah, I felt a lot. I felt like I got a hang on myself and I got a grip on myself and I started to understand we started doing yoga and I hated yoga when I started doing it. I was like, this hurts. It's uncomfortable. I'm tired. I'm thinking, I don't want to get out of bed for this shit. I'm like, this sucks. And I, so I had a little first taste of yoga and I'm going to be honest, I really hated it. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and then I, so I left that facility. I moved out into their kind of outpatient, outcare facility um, in Byron Bay. And there was a little place I was living with some other people and just trying to get in the swing. My anxiety was really bad. I wanted to look for work, but I just like was really self-sabotaging and these old behaviors started to come back, but they really came back in terms of acting out, not in accordance with drugs and alcohol, but really with, I guess, um, connecting with people, like just wanting to be loved, like always wanting to feel that I can have somebody who's talking to me. It was like a very, a big relationship thing, like wanting to kind of reach out and be seen and get that kind of love from men that I didn't have within myself. And that was really a hard process. I think it's a process that a lot of us women go through, um, especially if we have father wounds. And that was something that was really showing itself and not really contributing to my self-worth. I didn't really have community. I was a bit too anxious to reach out and make connections, organic connections with people. And I just didn't really have that confidence or, yeah, sense of belonging there still. Obviously, being a black person in Australia... I already had had some experiences in the past that had contributed to me always just feeling out of place, which is my own mentality. It's my own perception. Others may not believe that, but that's how I felt and that's what I believe. So, yeah. So, anyway, from there, living my life in Byron Bay, 
Um, still, I mean, I was quite a little bit of a hermit and... But I still was, I was getting the, the idea that mm, this life is something that can be, something that can be enjoyed. I was like, mm, okay, I can, I can kind of see this drive, riding my bike to the beach and doing different kind of holistic things, going to different groups and programs. And yeah, so I guess when I was on the beach, I ended up seeing a friend and we're playing music at the beach and singing and it was one of those nights that I met my now current partner and that was very divinely aligned. Um, he was there for a weekend and I just had this first time in my life I had this feeling, whoa, this person is going to be a big part of my life. They're going to really shift and change my life in a way that, um, yeah, I just knew it from looking at them. It was first, I would say it's my first, one of my first big intuition kicks in the gut kind of thing so yeah we connected and then obviously he had to go he left he was only on a trip and I went back to being kind of this person trying to find my way in Byron Bay and unfortunately you know mental health struck again um, I wasn't on medication at this time but I was feeling really ungrounded just uncertain of my purpose and just started to get this severe anxiety. This severe anxiety was still coming up, still coming up deeply, still coming up deeply, still coming up deeply. And so I got support for that. I ended up going back into a facility just to um, get a grip of this anxiety. And they were saying, look, there's nothing that we can do about it. You're always going to have this. And it was like visceral anxiety. It's like heart stops. I can't breathe. I can't move. There was no kind of conscious thought that could take me out of that. It was very fight or flight, sympathetic nervous systems in gear, all good, ready to go, ready to tag, ready to fight, ready to run, ready to do everything. And it would just happen when I went to the supermarket. Like it was really bloody intense. And I was just like, what am I going to do if you can't do anything? So I went back on medication that still didn't help and I was far away from my mum still at this time. She was still in Melbourne and mum was just like, look, kick up, just move back home. Just move back home to Melbourne um, and, you know, you can start studying or something and you can come live here and, you know, obviously you're past all this kind of, um, you know, you're not as, you know, loopy and doing all the drugs and getting in all the trouble that you used to be. I can really see that. You made that shift. So come home. She held the space for me to come home to Melbourne. So from there, yeah, I went home to Melbourne and um, still was struggling deeply with these panic attacks, depression and mental health. No matter how much medication I went on, it was like, this is the initiation, right? To me, this was the call from spirit. This was the call saying there's stuff, you're a sensitive being, you're an intuitive being, you're a light being, and you've held so much darkness and so much density. This needs to be cleared at a deeper level. There is a modality out there for you. I just kept pushing. I kept saying to all the specialists, I just kept saying, I know that there is a modality out there for me. I know that there is something that can fix this. I know that I shouldn't have to keep going on with this, and this is not something that I have to go through. And I remember at a time being in a place getting help and there was this beautiful lady there and she was a Reiki master and she bought me all these crystals and she bought me Louise Hayes book 
Um, and she just really spoke to me and she goes, I see you. She said, I see your light. She goes, I know you've been through a lot of trauma. She was a mental health nurse. And she was like, I know what's best for you is just to um, follow your heart. I think that you should move away again from Melbourne because at this time I was talking to Lucas, my current partner, and thinking, should I go to Newcastle where he lives or should I stay where I'm at? And she goes, I know there's a big path for you and you're going to help other people heal what you're going through now. And I was like, oh, yeah, radio, okay. But I, I believed her deep in my being. I really, truly believed her. And so um, I guess I took her advice and Lucas had been coming to see me and I'd be going to see him and I decided, yep, that's it. I'm going to move to Newcastle um, and be with him and just start um, from there and, yeah, really clear from there and see what happens. So, yeah, I guess entering that relationship has been really divinely aligned. Um, he has mirrored my light in so many ways. And I was still on medication when I got there. Um, a lot of medication. I was about like a hundred, over a hundred kilos, like still managing my mental health. And he was actually really into yoga, believe it or not. Lucas was so into yoga and he was like, why don't you try doing a little bit of yoga with me? And he was going through his own healing journey as well. And I was like, oh, God, okay, mm, okay, whatever. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess I started to do that a little bit. I started to come off the medication, and I really started re researching what is going on with these panic attacks. And then a couple of years later, I really got into the yoga journey, yoga with a uh, Adrienne, holla at your girl, love you. You were doing so many incredible things. She was what made me want to be a yoga teacher and I just stepped in. Um, I started doing yoga every single day. And this was where I really stepped into my power. I started to see a major shift. I started to understand my energy. I calmed that nervous system down. I was still having these panic attacks, but I was able to hold the awareness. I also came off all my medication and organically I started letting go of this density, this trauma, this weight that I had held onto naturally for a really, really long time. And um yeah just really went fully into the seeds had been planted obviously with that um the center I went to in Byron Bay but really went into holistic healing fully dropped into holistic healing and um now you know years and years later um medication I'm not on any medication anymore but I don't want to shame anybody who is because I think that we all are different we have different biological makeup and it can hold space for us in different ways so I don't want that to be a kind of like ooh, look at me kind of thing but um haven't been to haven't had a really severe mental health crisis for many many years um, I still have my lows, but I, I see myself as a sovereign being. I had that energy initiation. I had that, I made what I went through, that fight or flight um, anxiety and that panic attacks that was said that it would never change. I made that my medicine. I realized that I had to find the healing for that. And when I found that, I would help others. And that has led into expanding more into understanding your energy, realizing how powerful you are and how you can shift your mind, you can shift your being and how you can call in and step into the reality of yourself and also co-create with these beings in higher dimensions and source, God, energy, the universe. Um, and just like telling my story now and 
from this place of an empowered woman and looking back at the things that I went through, I wouldn't change a thing. And I've been through many dark nights of the soul where I was on the ground crying, why me? I can't make it through. This still hurts. And sometimes I still feel these really low points, but I just know that all is divine. And I've had many experiences out of this world experiences that I'll share on this beautiful podcast that have brought me to a sense of truth and understanding within this within this life and within this experience. I know that I'm a soul having an experience. And don't get me wrong, I still get anxiety, but I navigate it differently. I don't have those panic attacks barely anymore. And if I do have one, I know that there I'm not looking after my self-care. Um, I'm not, you know, um, tending to myself the way that I need to. Um, so that was my initiation. That is a bit of an idea of my initiation. Um, I would love to hear yours, like us getting to this point, especially during this time in the world of realizing that we are sovereign, that we are in the masters of our reality and the masters of understanding that the body and the mind are not separate. They're one interconnected thing and there is so much going on. Everything is energy and really holding that space for yourself and using what you went through as your medicine, as your first step of service um, and embodying that first and foremost, embodying your values and that service in your life. So your life reflects what your heart um, beams and what your heart desires. So... Yeah, I guess, you know, since I've had that awakening, I, that really main awakening, maybe two years ago, I haven't really been to the doctor. I never get a flu, really, to be honest. If I get a cold, I, I really just feel my being moving way more towards natural, natural modalities. Um, I use the earth a lot, grounding, swimming, being in the sunshine, meditation, that zero point energy, all things that we're going to open up and discuss and really talk about in this podcast. But I guess what I want to say, if you're listening and especially what came through from my guides around me, like if you're listening and you're listening to this podcast, you are at a point where you have been through these traumas, these trials and tribulations, and you are ready to step into your power and to use what you've been through as your medicine, your pillar for how you show up for the world. And I just want to offer you so much unconditional love. And there is so much light support here for you. One thing that I really found in some of these pivotal moments where I connected with um, these higher beings and my guides, I cried, I bawled my eyes out. And one of the first things I said in one of the experiences when I was crying is I thought I was alone. I thought I was alone this whole time. And I think if, you know, I know I've been touched by many souls who have left the earth plane due to mental health and going through their initiation and just not feeling they could make it through the density and just to know that the illusion that we're alone and we don't have that support and nobody cares kind of that mentality is what's help is what's us um us losing us helping us to lose souls on the planet um no it's it's promoting that kind of um you know feeling disconnected that idea of being disconnected and not being vulnerable not speaking our truth and not showing up like this is very vulnerable for me to share this but i need to speak my truth i need to tell my story because you'll be able to see me more and when you see me more you see more of you in me and re you realize we are one behind the identity behind the personality we are one consciousness having an experience 
So there's been a lot of things that have contributed to my journey and this is the initiation point. And I'd love for you to reflect on your initiation, reflect on that point where you awake, you know, you awakened and you realized that you were taking control of your body and realizing how powerful you are. Um, and I love to hear your stories, your initiation stories. I love this to inspire. This is energetically holding a grid, holding space to inspire you to rise the fuck up and share your medicine, share what you have to give. We need you now. We really need it right now. And so please tag me um, at Kind Ivy Family on Instagram. Um, if you're listening, um, share your initiation um, experience, share your comment in the store, uh, share me a DM or um, share a bit of your medicine, what you're here to to share with others. Um, and to close off, I would love to offer a sound transmission. So I channel frequency um, and guides through song, um, through channel messages. Um, so I would love to channel something. And the energy of what wants to come through is you made it. You made it. Thank you so much, beautiful soul. You are here. You are here and we see you. And um, we are just grateful that you're at this point of realizing you are love, you are one, you want to show up and serve and just the truth and the light, anchoring the light of who you are, baby. So, yeah, I'm going to have my root chakra sound bowl. I'm going to share something with you. So just find a comfortable seat. If you're driving, pause this podcast and do it a little bit later when you're feeling uh, when you're when you're able to sit up straight, taking a deep breath in, otherwise, in through your nose, breathing into the base of your spine, exhale out the mouth, big sigh. Ah, three more times like this, deep breath in, breathing into the base of the spine, and exhaling out the mouth. Ah. Last breath, deep breath in, base of the spine. Feel your chest open and rise. Raise your chin up a tiny bit. Feel the shoulders melt away from the ears and exhale out the mouth. Ah, breathing, my love, you made it. Your initiation, you are energy, you are love. You are source consciousness in human form. You are supported. You are loved. And it is safe for you to share your medicine. We need you to share your medicine. Taking a deep breath in. Exhaling out the mouth. Deep breath in. Exhaling out the mouth.
Inhale, beautiful being. Exhale. Knowing there's no right way to receive this message or this medicine. That is working at a deeper level on your being and as is this podcast, the beginning of this podcast. And the message is you are so loved and you are so supported and I see you and, you know, we're ready for your medicine. The world is ready for your medicine and let me mirroring your light be um, the chance for you to see that. Um, so I'm so grateful. This is the beginning. Thank you so much for listening. Please tag me if you're listening at Kind Ivy Family. Um, I offer one-on-one sessions, one-on-one alchemy, energy medicine. If you're interested, you can travel over to my Instagram or my website, www.kindivy.com and engage with me there. But otherwise, we are, the world is ready for this now. More of us are awakening and now is the time for us as souls to bring more of our higher selves into our body. What a beautiful time to be alive and to radiate our light and create our dreams. And this podcast is an energetic grid and a vortex to help you to own that and anchor that faster. So thank you so much for being here. I love you. Um, A big kiss and hug wherever you are on the earth plane. And I will see you in the next episode. Big love.